Welcome back to the Moose Bros Podcast, where our inside source gives us inside information, but with the wrong teams. Uh, I'm Harris, Huncho Harris on the gram, here my, with my brother Armin, Armin Moose on the gram. Another week of power moves being made, so let's get into it. So during last week's podcast, uh, in a segment that nobody really got to hear, we talked about how Antonio Brown was pretty much destined to go to Seattle, you know, given statements made by Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and pretty much how he would not really go anywhere else. I mean, how Tampa Bay was a bad situation for him considering the support system there. Uh, he kind of won bad press conference away by Bruce Arians that might just send him over the rail. But I guess him and Tom Brady had other ideas. Tom Brady was like, AB's my boy, and AB was like Tom Brady over Russ. So do you want to touch on that? Yeah, I think uh, I think Bruce Arians didn't want him to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The way he is in the... You mean the Seahawks? No, I think Bruce Arians did not want him to be in Tampa Bay. Really? Because earlier in the season, like when they were asking him about it, he was just like, we're not pursuing it. We don't see anything going on, blah, blah, all that stuff. And then his last press conference, he's like, we need him to be a team player. If he comes in and asks about touches, we have all these guys asking about touches. They want the ball. I'm not standing for that shit. He's better be a team player. Obviously, that's paraphrasing. But basically what he said was if he's not a team player, then get him the fuck out of here. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't want him on the team. They're currently winning. And they're clicking and using their pieces. And Tom Brady's spreading the ball around, and no one is really complaining. Maybe they maybe they're complaining in house, but not out not you know out of outhouse. Isn't that uh, where you take shits? But, outhouse, but yeah. not outhouse. Um, so I honestly think he didn't really want him on a team. I think the GM brought him there because they knew he could. I don't know. I don't know if he. To me, it just seemed like he doesn't really want him on the team. They already like what they got, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's actually it's a good point. It almost seems like Bruce Arians is the last guy that kind of wants him there because he, he said it himself. He's like, if this guy's a distraction or anything any week, then he's gone, and that's the contract they signed him to was like one year. Like, if you do anything, you're gone. Um, but I think Tom Brady did most of the lobbying for him to get there. Uh, I, I don't know how they that friendship came together. Those are like the two most polar opposite people I could think of. But, yeah, somehow they're best friends. And, yeah, it's it's a weird situation to come into because Tampa's already loaded on offense, you know. I guess the one thing I could think of is, like, Mike Evans has had some injuries this year. And they don't – I mean, Antonio Brown is a special kind of talent that they don't have. You know, Godwin can stretch the field, but he can't do it like A.B. can. So bring him in as as far as talent goes is uh, a good thing. And maybe, I don't know, whatever's going on with him and Brady, maybe Brady got him to get his shit together. And Yeah, I think this all plays in the factor of his mental health and how he is approaching the season. I think, obviously, with going to Tampa Bay, he has time to adjust and learn the playbook and do what he needs to do until later in the season when they need him more, when there's injuries, making a playoff push, things like that where they're going to need him and he's going to get his touches. So I think if he's able to, I guess, weather the storm of coming to a new team and not being the guy that he was in Pittsburgh, 
uh, and who everyone thought he was going to be when he went to Oakland and even Patriots for that one drive. So he can be successful. I'm not going to, and I think it all just depends on his mindset and how he's approaching the season. Or it could be a complete wash and he's ready to fucking punch Bruce Arians in the face the first week. And we see, uh, we see a battle of the fisticuffs. But it wouldn't surprise me at all, though, if he kind of took over the team, at, at least at that wide receiver spot, and made himself a number one receiver over Godwin and Evans. Gronk was still up there when he went to New England, right? I believe so. I don't remember, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so maybe this is the wide receiving core that Tom Brady's kind of always wanted, and now he's got a chance to have him and Gronk and you know some other really great receivers alongside that. So, yeah. you know, we were talking about the Chiefs, you know, putting together those five uh, Thanos rings. It almost seems like the Buccaneers are doing the same thing in the NFC. Yeah, they're definitely building that dream squad or whatever the hell they're trying to build, that super team over there to give Tom Brady one last shot at a ring before he retires. I don't fault them for going after Antonio Brown. And truth be told, I'm like 75% sure it's going to work out, 25% sure it's going to blow up in their face. So I'm not like, I don't think it was a bad move at all. I personally, for Antonio Brown's sake, I think he should have went to Seattle, not only because of the environment, but their receiver core is not as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So he would definitely fit in and get a lot more touches than he would in Tampa Bay. At least I think so. So the only thing I think of also is... Um, Tampa Bay has a better defense than the Seattle Seahawks right now, so it's like that potential to have a better Super Bowl push. And then also living in Florida and staying in Tampa or staying in Florida, you know, seven hours away or whatever from Miami compared to being across, you know, the entire country and what he's not used to. So, I mean, it almost seems like taking him out of Florida and away from his home would be a better idea for him just to get away from that environment. Although, yeah, like you said, it's like a seven-hour drive, but I feel like Seattle would be a better situation. Although, I don't know if I would necessarily agree that the receiving core is better in Tampa. Uh, I guess they do have Gronk and, uh, what's his name, Cameron Bray at tight end, which I don't know if Seattle can match with Olsen and whoever else they got. Um, But I would say that uh, DK Metcalf and Lockett would be just as good if not better than Godwin and uh uh Evans I mean Lockett definitely almost had something to say about it on that Sunday night game because he just went off yeah I don't I mean they're not slouches by any means but based on production and what Mike Evans has done I think you could say he's a little better than DK Metcalf at this point not that DK DK Metcalf is like awful or he's you know not in the not in, not even in the conversation of a Mike Evans, but just based on past production and what he's done in the league. Obviously, DK Metcalf is a rookie last year, so it's really hard to compare the two. But to me, I think the Tampa Bay receiving core and weapons are better than what Seattle has. But that's just I don't know, my opinion. Yeah, I, I guess they, you know, at least Mike Evans is definitely more established as a top five, top three, maybe receiver right now in the league. Uh, but, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, he's been dealing with injuries almost all season. Yeah. Godwin's not really putting up the numbers he did last year. Um, who else? Oh, they got the, the one little guy. I forgot his name. Miller or something yeah, like yeah. that. It's going to be very interesting to see how Antonio Brown fits in and 
I, I feel like with Tom Brady there, because even in New England, he didn't really have any character issues, at least not on the field. It was just that kind of off-field lawsuit that caused him to get cut by the Patriots. So I feel like as far as on-field goes, so long as he comes there, you know, works hard. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think a more on the positive note than a negative note for him, for the Tampa Bay. So I don't think we normally have this conversation with any other team in the league, but it seems like anytime the Patriots aren't just sing, you know single-handedly killing teams, there's some sort of issues, and they've now lost two games in a row. Is it two games? Yeah, three in a row. Three in a row. Yeah, which is the first time since like 2002, and people are questioning if uh, the Patriots can go back to what they were before with Tom Brady. Can Cam fill that role? You know, he got benched during the last game after throwing three picks, I think. And then Stidham came in in the most rookie move possible on his first play, trips over his offensive lineman. Um, do you think the Patriots are in trouble? I don't think they're in trouble. But I saw a report saying that Stephon Gilmore was on the trade block. That, to me, is really surprising because even if they decide to rebuild, why would they get rid of their star you know, building block corner? That to me is like kind of, I don't know if that's just a rumor somebody threw out there, you know, just because that's how the media works. I thought that was really interesting. I don't see why they would get rid of him. I really don't think they're in trouble. I think that Bill Belichick can write the ship. I think Cam Newton is coming off an illness and he's hasn't had his chunky noodle soup or whatever McNabb used to promote. Um, And he's just, he hasn't had his Oinko's, uh, protein yogurt or whatever oh, it was. oh yeah because because he's yeah the triples here yeah yeah because he's vegan now so you can't have that now he doesn't get probiotics right. gut health all out the fucking window now he's getting sick now he can't play football i don't know man something's fishy about that whole diet over there but anyway oh um, yeah sorry you went vegan and got uh got coronavirus uh and and think there's he went vegan got cut got signed to a veteran yeah. minimum yeah. Played really bad these last few weeks. I'm starting to think that veganism is the culprit for his bad play. But that's neither here nor there. We'll let we'll let the you know judges decide that. Um so <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't think they're in trouble and like again I keep saying because of Bill Belichick, but who knows, maybe they are. I saw someone saying that they should just tank. I think that's pretty absurd. Especially because the Division is still open over there in the AFC East. The Bills, even though they're sitting at 5-2, and two, they definitely don't look like world beaters by any means. So I don't think they're in trouble. Maybe if they lose this game to the Bills, then they're in trouble because, you know, it's going to be a little shaky trying to win that division down one against the Bills. But if they beat the Bills, then I think they're fine. Yeah, I mean, if they lose, that's four losses in a row. I don't, I don't think Bill Belichick has ever had that. I mean, Bill Belichick did come out and say that Cam Newton was fine you know he didn't even show symptoms of COVID so there's really nothing wrong health-wise with him diarrhea from all that fiber (laughs) yeah it's it's weird it's at least from the outside looking in it almost looks like it is imploding but you always in the back of your mind you're like nah Bill Belichick's gonna figure this out like he kind of purposely wanted to get three losses in a row out of the way so you know he can he can have that on his record you almost feel like Cam Newton was there last resort after seeing how bad Hoyer and Stidham played. And now it seems like Cam Newton's not working out. 
but I think somehow Bill Belichick's going to figure that out too. Yeah, I think they'll right this ship. I think this game against the Bills is going to be incredibly important for their season. So I think they're going to, you know, I think they're going to come to play. And I think Cam Newton will be back on track. I don't think that Cam Newton is, you know, everyone thinks he lost it. I don't think so. I think he could still be a serviceable starter uh, for an NFL team. And I, I just think, you know, he's had a bad few weeks, but I think he'll get it back. Yeah, you mentioned Stefan Gilmore on the trading block. I actually saw reports today, too, about Xavier Howard being on the trading block for Miami. And when I went looking through the comments, uh, the guy who reported it is like a, a reporter for the Miami Herald. You know, he said, oh, just because he's on the trading block doesn't mean Miami actually wants to trade him. They just want to field offers. And I think when reporters do that kind of stuff, it's almost absurd. Like, it's almost like they want to cause some sort of drama in the locker room because... I don't, as a player, like that's one of the last things you want to hear is that the team that you know, you've pretty much been the centerpiece of their defense, uh, former you know defensive player of the year for uh, Gilmore, Xavier uh, Howard in Miami. He's gotten an interception like each of his last four games, and their opposing quarterbacks you know stay away from those guys. And having reports come out that they're on the trade block I think it's just kind of shitty like people don't actually think about the impact that that might have whether it be true or not now coaches and GMs got to have that awkward conversation with the player either telling them like yeah we're just trying to see what kind of offers we can get or you know this is a whole lie and it starts to bring up trust issues between players and I mean for Gilmore being in New England I think he kind of knows his place there but you know, the same thing happened with Richard Sherman a few years ago when I think Pete Carroll did say did come out and say, you know, there's a there's a price for everybody, but it's going to be a steep price for Sherman. And before you knew it, he went to a division rival. Yeah, that that is interesting. And the media definitely does pry. They definitely do. You know, they definitely do understand the power that they have. And I mean, we all we're all part of a social media age. There's no way that even if. You know, say with the Xavier Howard situation or the Gilmore situation, there's no way that they're not on social media and they see a, a post where, hey, what's the cause on the trade block? And they're like, oh, I was. And we see that all the time where, you know, a, a player was like, oh, when did you first learn about, you know, you getting traded? Or when did you first learn about the trade block? And they're like, oh, uh, I saw it on social media. Like the coach didn't even tell me or some shit. And like, that's just a bad move by the you know media they understand the power that they have and they're trying to get stories and they're trying to fish and it does i would imagine it hurts the the relationship with the team right if you're like thinking you're balling you got no issues i just got two picks like i'm doing fine whatever and then yeah. all of a sudden like and i especially i just got my contract too you know i paid a lot right. of money to play there and then all of a sudden there's reports coming out we just want to feel some offers well you're not feeling some offers if you're not interested in somebody possibly giving me the you know, giving you the right price for me. You know what I mean? Like if, if you weren't interested in trading me, I wouldn't even be in this conversation, but clearly you have some sort of interest. If this is true that, you know, you want to rid of me. So, I mean, I think NFL players know business is business, but there's no way that in the back of their mind, they're like, I could potentially be leaving. And you know, why am I busting my ass over here? And this guy doesn't really care about me that much. It's going to be exciting to see how, that kind of plays out with the trades and the future of the Patriots. I mean, if they lose this game to the Bills, we might have to revisit this story because it's not going to be looking yeah, good. Yeah, they can start dishing people like fucking... And actually, you mentioned the Bills. 
it was did you catch that game because for a minute there it looked it looked like the jets were about to be get their first dog. yeah i didn't watch the game but i watched the highlights one thing is that I saw was absurd that the Jets had four total yards in the second half. That was oh, I yeah, didn't even realize literally that. four total yards in the second half. That's how <laughs> bad their fucking offense was in that second half. The first half, Sam Darnold came out hot and was hitting a lot of receivers, and Frank Gore was getting in the mix, and yeah, they were leading at halftime. But yeah, that second half, freaking four total yards. I do not understand. I mean, I'm a Jags fan, and I still don't understand why Doug Marone has a job in his house but dude adam gase man what the if he is the coach next year man i don't even know i i don't think anybody in new york is going to go to a game i don't know yeah i don't know it's it's insane um and the media the way they talk about it almost make it seem like he's got a plan for the jets next year like this is what he's gonna do to the point where his job isn't even in jeopardy. Yeah, who the fuck knows? I don't know. He's definitely... He did give up... He gave up play-calling duties, or at least offensive play-calling, this week, which is what they say is what kept the Jets in it. And it was actually weird to see, because as a Bills fan, I feel like Bills fans would uh, were starting to get worried, because at one point there, right before halftime, the Jets were driving, and it almost seemed... I think they were up 10-6, to 6 maybe? or 10 to three. And it almost seemed like the Jets could kind of put it away. And then Darnold throws a pick and they don't do anything after that. Like you said, they have four total yards after it's talk about not making halftime adjustments. I mean, we talked about it before, but at the end of the day, he's still got a job and he'll probably ride it out until the end of the year and eventually get canned. Yeah. They're kind of making him suffer. Like you yeah. said, you know, like if we got to go through this, so do you, this is all you're doing. Right. Uh, did you want to go on to the power rankings? I don't think there's really any big stories. Out. Yeah, we could do the power rankings. We could touch on that. Let's get it. All right. So NFL.com this week has the Kansas City Chiefs at number one with the Steelers at number two being undefeated. Uh, the Bucks, Ravens, and Packers round out the top five. And then the next five are the Seahawks, Titans, Bills, Rams, and Saints. What do you think about the top 10? Uh, I think it's pretty good. The only thing, I don't think I would have the Bills at 8. Or I don't know, not that I wouldn't have the Bills at 8, but I think we'd have to find a way to sneak in possibly the Cardinals. The Cardinals, truth be told, haven't really beat that many top opponents. You know, they beat the 49ers, were, you know, pretty good. They beat the Washington football team. They lost to the Lions, which was surprising. They beat the Panthers, who are pretty decent, actually. They're a lot better than people think. And then, obviously, they beat the Jets. They beat the Cowboys, which, you know, were bottom feeders. But then they also beat the Seahawks, which are definitely a top-five team. So I I think there should be a way to sneak in the Cardinals Cardinals up there. I don't know. I feel like they're definitely not getting the credit that they should be getting because their losses, they weren't blown out either. So I don't think they're getting the credit. Yeah, I mean, the Detroit game, Detroit kind of came from behind in that one. Nobody really saw that coming. Oh, they lost to the Panthers. Oh, I thought they beat the Panthers. No. Okay, so then maybe that makes sense. I thought they beat the Panthers. No, I still think think they should be uh, in that top ten. 
considering their wins over the 49ers and Seahawks, which I think are very formidable formidable opponents. And they blew out the Jets and the Cowboys. And, I mean, even the Washington football team. Yeah, so, I don't know. So it's definitely interesting that they're kind of on the outside there. Because when I look at the Buffalo Bills, um, I mean, they beat the Jets twice, and they only beat them by yeah. 10 points, I think, both times. Well, they beat them by eight points this time all on field goals, and at one point they could have yeah. possibly lost. And then the first week, they, I think they beat them by 10. They beat the Dolphins, who, again, are in a rebuild, middle-of-the-pack team. They beat the Rams, who, again, the Rams haven't beat that many good opponents, and that was a questionable win uh, as well. And then they beat the Raiders pretty soundly, even though they won by seven. I think they played a little better than that score. And then they got destroyed by the Titans, and then – Destroyed by yeah, the Chiefs, even the though Chiefs. the Chiefs was a closer score in the box score, like they got, they averaged like nine yards of carry in the run there. So, I don't know if Buffalo, you definitely have to put them in the top up there. But I just don't know if the Cardinals should be at eleven. I think it should be snuck up there in the top somewhere. But I don't know. And then I look at the ten through twenty. So they got the obviously Saints, Cardinals, Browns, Niners, Colts, Raiders, Bears. Chargers, Patriots, Panthers, and Dolphins. I would put, um, when I look at it, I would definitely put the 49ers above the Browns. I think the Browns' record is, uh, doesn't, uh, I mean, they've been doing good, but anytime they get tested, it's almost kind of like Buffalo. Anytime they get tested, they just can't do anything. Yes. Uh, with both, was it the Ravens that they lost to? Uh, they lost to the Steelers and then Steelers, um, yeah. was it, yeah the Ravens. Yeah, so I feel like both games they were like blown out. Yeah, the, and their wins. I mean, two of them were against the Bengals. Um, Bengals, yeah, and those were both. I mean, the one was pretty formidable. The second one was this last week was pretty close. Yeah, they won on a game-winning touchdown, and then they beat the uh, Cowboys. And beat the Washington football team again, kind of bottom feeder. So, I think San Francisco. They just beat the Patriots. They did lose to the Dolphins. Um, they beat the Rams. So I don't know. I would put San Francisco just not really based off record and who they beat, but just roster and like what they could be because they had a lot of injuries. So I would just put. I would put. I think San Francisco above them. Uh, I would put. I think I would put Raiders above the Colts too. Yeah, I agree. I think the Colts should be lower. I mean, I would even, as little of a fan as I am of the Bears, I would probably put the Bears over the Colts too. I don't know. The Colts just don't strike me as a threatening team. Um, a lot of their games have been, a lot of their wins have been uh, pretty close. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're not um, looking as good as everyone thought. And I think a lot of them being up there in the top 15 is because of what everyone thought they were going to be. So everyone's still kind of holding out that potential that, you know, with Philip Rivers will get it right. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they definitely deserve to be in the top 15. I would put them at probably 15, though. Um, yeah, as far as the t rest of the top 20 goes, uh, I mean, I think Miami still has to prove themselves, but I can see them staying at number 20 considering all the teams below them really aren't threatening at all uh yeah they got the lions which i think is pretty high for detroit eagles broncos texans falcons vikings Bengals, washington giants uh, and then the cowboys jaguars and jets round out the bottom three 
Yeah, honestly, I think that's pretty even. I would maybe put Cincinnati above the Vikings because uh, Cincinnati has really a really bad roster overall. They have like a shit O-line, and but Joey Burrow's kind of keeping them in it. So I think yeah. I would put Cincinnati above the Vikings. I feel like Vikings are falling apart. They just traded Yannick, too. And then also the Falcons at above, um, what's it called? Cincinnati and Minnesota. I would put them probably below. Not that they're not that they're bad, but they just lost to the Lions in like the one of the funniest <laughs> fashions you could possibly think of. Yeah, I've never seen another team celebrate a touchdown. And then on top of that, what's his name? Matt Stafford goes on there and just wins. It's like the most Falcons thing you can do. It's absolutely insane. Um. But yeah, I mean, it kind of makes. I think I would just put Cincinnati a little bit higher. I think they're a little better than. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I could, I can take them all the way up to twenty three, maybe even put them over to Broncos, because I feel like that one and five and one record is is not really, um, doesn't really represent how good they've been playing. It's just they've lost a lot of close games. Yeah. And, uh, and truth be told, once they get that sort of missing piece, whatever it may be, next year they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty good next year. Uh, and yeah, and Broncos, again, everyone's still high on them. I wasn't high on them to begin with. They obviously had the injury to Drew Locke. They did just beat the Patriots, and I think that's why people have them higher because they beat the Patriots. But, well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not that big on them still. But, yeah, I think Cincinnati should be a little higher. Considering how bad the other teams are, I, w- I would move Jacksonville up at least over the Cowboys, probably even the Giants. I honestly um, wouldn't. Like they, I mean, they stayed with it in the L.A. game and – Truth be told, I mean, Giants can't even run, or their quarterback can't even run a full field. So, Yeah, but when I look at, like, for instance, if right now the Jacksonville Jaguars and Dallas Cowboys played each other, Dallas Cowboys would win. I don't think so. Like, that's how I don't – like, Jacksonville has the one of the worst defenses that I've ever seen take the field. They have zero fucking pressure on the quarterback. It's every Any quarterback will look good. I mean, Justin Hebert – Look good against them, Herbert Hoover. Um, but, but I mean, Dr. Herbert looked good against the Chiefs, the Buccaneers. Right, like, but I'm saying, like, he looked good. But I'm saying if you if you would have put in Tyrod Taylor against the Jaguars that game with a punctured lung, he would have looked good. So Jaguars' defense is just that bad. And their offense, Gardner Minshew, has not been playing well. The only bright spots on their offense is James Robinson right now and Huncho Visca. GJ Shark's not getting the ball. He's ready to fucking DDT Gardner Minshew on the sideline. So honestly, right now, when I look at it, as much as a Jags fan as I am, when I look at them possibly playing the Cowboys or Giants, they just seem maybe not the Cowboys. They're not that good of a coach team, but the Giants are definitely a better coach team than the Jaguars. Uh, even the Washington football team, they lost to Cincinnati. They're going to play Minnesota this season. They'll probably lose to them. Um, like right now, even I mean, the Falcons would reverse choke against the Jaguars. So <laughs> right now, I mean, I think Jaguars should definitely be sitting at 31st and as big of a fan as I am. And I hate to say it. I think that's where they should be. All right. I mean, all right. It, I feel like it's, it's usually the fans of the teams when they're doing bad that they, unless you're a Bills fan that they, uh, kind of look at it negatively. Um, I think the Chargers were a formidable, but a formidable opponent, and the Jaguars stayed in it until all the way at the end there. Um, so I think against some of those bottom teams, they'd, they'd do all right. 
Um, that pretty much wraps it up. Did you want to touch on anything else? No, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thanks for listening in to the Moose Bros Podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to them. Uh, if you want to see clips of this, check us out on our YouTube channel at Moose Bros Sports. Nice. Go Hawks. <laughs>